I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. This phony FBI whistleblower, Alexander Smirnoff, is flipping the key to the Hunter Biden fabricated smear, the key to the entire Burisma fabricated story, the key to the entire Joe Biden fabricated impeachment. The key, it now turns out, to the blowing up of the Hunter Biden plea deal, the key to the entire network of Republican politicians owned and operated in this country by Vladimir Putin and Russian intelligence, Trump included. This guy Smirnoff. I think he's flipping. The guy they arrested last week for lying to the FBI, the guy they immediately announced had told them that he had made up the story about the Bidens and the bribes and the this and the that. And this was days after the same prosecutors had been convinced he was the key to the prosecution of Hunter Biden. The guy who day before yesterday is then quoted as saying the Hunter Biden information was being trafficked by people associated with Russian intelligence. Smirnoff, Alexander Smirnoff. I think he's flipping. Now, I see one thin, frail reed of evidence supporting my hunch. And still, I'm just reading between the lines here, and I could be completely wrong. And even if I'm right, is he flipping against Trump? Is he flipping against James Comer? Is he flipping against that scumbag, Jim Jordan? Probably not. If he's flipping against anybody, it would likeliest be flipping against whoever he meant In that one sentence, in that bombshell FBI report, during his custodial interview on February 14th, Smirnoff admitted that officials associated with Russian intelligence were involved in passing a story about Hunter Biden. Because if he's not flipping, why did he admit that? His case is now being prosecuted by the same guy who they had just made the special counsel in the Hunter Biden case that just fell apart. Alexander Smirnoff is now being prosecuted by David Weiss. And days ago, David Weiss still thought Alexander Smirnoff was his star witness. You're my star witness. Oh, no, scratch that. Now I'm sending you to prison. And Smirnoff then confesses to David Weiss. That the centerpiece of the entire story, the entire Republican and Russian plot against the Bidens, the smears against Hunter Biden, were being spread by Russian intel or people who were adjacent to Russian intel. And Weiss puts that confession from Smirnoff in Smirnoff's detention memo on the record right at the front of the document. Smirnoff is already facing 20 years in jail for the lie to the FBI. 
And now he's confessing that the lie came from Russian intelligence. It may have an international component. Why is he doing that? He's adding to his confession. He's adding to his crime. He's adding to his jail time. Unless he's confessing because he's flipped. And look, the other guy who has clearly already flipped, metaphorically anyway, is this man, David Weiss, the Hunter Biden special counsel, because his ass is in an even tighter sling than Smirnoff's is. He got fooled, used, played, manipulated, railroaded, bamboozled, and rolled by Smirnoff by Smirnov's officials associated with Russian intelligence, by the Russians, by the Republican politicians and Republican media whores who are associated with Russian intelligence themselves, James Comer, Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Chuck Grassley, Sean Hannity, and of course, the team of Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. So David Weiss is trying to save himself now. And nothing moves justice and truth forward to the glimmering light on the horizon like some guy who's afraid that otherwise he's going to wind up in the big house. We can't let David Weiss save himself, of course. We need a special prosecutor from the Department of Justice, in on this tomorrow, and we need a Senate investigation. Senate Judiciary would probably be right, so go, somebody wake up Chairman Durbin and tell him. We need the Senate Judiciary Committee to subpoena the Hunter Biden special counsel, David Weiss, and this guy Smirnoff, and Comer, and Jordan, and Grassley, and Hannity, and Trump, because this isn't just false info. This isn't just one guy lying to the FBI. This is the Russian Federal Assembly and Vladimir Putin organizing the attempted impeachment of the president of the United States in an election year via the Republican Party. And we need a couple of dozen of these Republicans to die in prison because of this, because this is treason, not adjectival treason, not figurative treason. Look up the statute. And the point is, and my hunch is based on the fact that clearly I am not the first person to recognize all of this. This idiot Smirnoff clearly realizes it. This sucker David Weiss realizes it. And do not be fooled. Even some of the Russian Republicans now realize it. Do not be fooled by Jim Jordan yesterday shoving past reporters, still in shirt sleeves, still searching for the only sport coat he has ever owned that he lost five years ago and still can't find, trying to tough it out and insisting the fact that the man who was his entire case against Hunter Biden and thus his entire case against Joe Biden, that that man was a arrested for making it all up, and on top of it, he just confessed to contact with Russian intelligence. Jim Jordan insisting, oh, that changes nothing. Don't be fooled by Jim Jordan, the rape-adjacent congressman from Ohio. Jim Jordan realizes it, only he has no idea how to fix it. But David Weiss does. David Weiss's career now depends on fixing it. And the only way you could fix this would be if you flipped or if you've already flipped this guy Smirnoff. And that's why I think what I think. That one admission tying all of this to Russian intelligence says to me that Mr. Weiss and Mr. Smirnoff have had a little come to Jesus meeting and they have understood how badly they now need each other. And Mr. Smirnoff is flipping. And there actually turns out to be a whisper of evidence that I might be right. The Huffington Post had a little story yesterday about Jim Jordan sending an interview request letter to a former State Department official named Amos Hochstein. Amos Hochstein turns out to be a potential witness in the 
Jim Jordan whore house impeach stunt against Biden. And in their letter to Mr. Hochstein, there was a paragraph that referred to Alexander Smirnov, the letter that was apparently sent to Mr. Hochstein yesterday. And then an hour later, what happens to appear in Mr. Hochstein's mailbox but a second interview request letter from Jim Jordan? And guess what? In this second interview request letter, the paragraph about Alexander Smirnov is gone. Smirnov? Smirnoff who? Hoffpo got a statement from Jim Jordan's office saying this was just a clerical error. A clerical error, my ass. A clerical error that requires a special prosecutor. Because there was one other new development yesterday in this putrid mess, this invasion of our government by Russians, this invasion of our country by Russians using proxies called Republicans. Hunter Biden's lawyers said yesterday, we may think we know what we are dealing with here, but in fact, there is much more. Remember the day that Hunter Biden went into the courtroom to take the plea deal on taxes and gun purchases and no trial, and then all of a sudden the judge blew it up? In their new court filings, Hunter Biden's lawyers say it all blew up because suddenly there were new allegations or more specific versions of previous allegations against Hunter Biden, allegations made by... Alexander Smirnov. It was Alexander Smirnov who convinced presumably David Weiss and Smirnov and David Weiss who presumably convinced this judge Mary Ellen Noreka and the plea deal blew up. And by the way, you also do not want to be Judge Mary Ellen Noreka right now. And you even more don't want to be anybody who led Judge Noreka into this trap in which she blew up a plea deal with allegations manufactured in the Kremlin. And if you think David Weiss is motivated to get Smirnoff to flip and to save all of their sorry asses, well, this Judge Noreka is twice as motivated. And now... Just stretch the whole picture out to its widest dimensions. This is Russia again, and the Republicans again, and Trump again, and the right-wing media again, and the attempt to fix our elections, and the attempt to rip this nation apart from the inside, and the attempt to run another coup against a duly elected government of the United States of America, which, if it was done by... A group of agents, spies, Russian nationals, we would shoot and kill them. But it's not just another coup attempt by Russia using not guns, but Republicans. It's also another part of the last coup attempt. And if this one weasel liar Smirnoff can turn the special counsel, the Republican investigating Hunter Biden into the special counsel, suddenly investigating Alexander Smirnoff and James Comer, What's the rest of this story? What have we not found under the rock yet? What else does Smirnoff link to? Does he link to Trump's conversation with Zelensky and I just need you to do me a favor, though? Does he link to Russia's efforts to infiltrate the Trump campaign or the Trump campaign's effort to utilize Russian intel or both in 2016 or 2020 or both? What other cancers will track directly back to Alexander Smirnov's admission about officials associated with Russian intelligence. Hell, Josh Marshall from TPM has said this for years, and he said it again yesterday, and God damn it, of course he is right. And I'll quote him, not just because he's right, but because he has phrased it poetically. Quoting Josh, The fabled Hunter Biden laptop was obviously the product of a Russian influence operation. The story was absurd on its face. Somehow, Hunter Biden decided in a drugged up fugue that he needed to take his laptop to a computer repair shop. He then forgot about it. The legally blind owner of the repair shop decided to crack it open and look at the files, as one does, of course, and then somehow managed to get the contents to Rudy Giuliani 
and Steve Bannon. Unquote. So what else is under the Smirnoff rock? Everything Rudy Giuliani did? Attorney General Barr whitewashing Trump in the Mueller report that should have led to Trump's arrest for acting on behalf of a foreign government and against the government of the United States. How many officials associated with Russian intelligence have been involved, Mr. Smirnoff? Can you give us their names and addresses? As soon as I read this, Smirnoff admitted that officials associated with Russian intelligence were involved, story Tuesday night, I posted that Comer had to resign from Congress, and Chuck Grassley from the Senate, and Hannity from TV. I'm happy to say Congressman Eric Swalwell has picked this up in a more formal setting, being a member of the House, and yesterday Swalwell posted that Comer must resign because, quote, for the last two years he has done the work of Russia's intelligence services to falsely attack President Biden. There must be accountability. Correct. But accountability not just in the form of the loss of a seat in the House. Prosecution. James Comer needs to die in prison. And this needs a Senate investigation and a special prosecutor. And once again, Jesus, please give me an excuse to get Merrick Garland fired if he hesitates. Special prosecutor in the Comer Smirnoff scandal. Because James Comer is, in effect, a Russian agent. And yes, he needs to resign from the House. And Jim Jordan is, in effect, a Russian agent, and he needs to resign from the House. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is, in effect, a Russian agent, and she needs to resign from the House. And there's a Texas congressman named Pat Fallon who accused the Democrats of denying that the Smirnoff FBI file even existed or was legitimate, and the media of lying about it, and he is, in effect, a Russian agent, and he needs to resign from the House. And Chuck Grassley is, in effect, a Russian agent, and he needs to resign from the Senate. And Ted Cruz has spent a year spreading these lies on his podcast, the senator from podcast land. And he is, in effect, a Russian agent, and he needs to resign from the Senate. And Sean Hannity is, in effect, a Russian agent, and he needs to resign from Fox. And Maria Bartiromo is, in effect, a Russian agent, and she needs to resign from Fox. And David Weiss is, in effect, a Russian agent, and he needs either to resign from the DOJ or flip. And Donald Trump is a Russian agent, and he needs to withdraw from the presidential race. If any of what Alexander Smirnov has told investigators is true, any of it this time, then Alexander Smirnov is admitting to being part of a cabal of actual Russian agents who found willing victims or accomplices or clients in the Comer, Jordan, Green, Grassley, Hannity, Trump, end of the GOP, anti-America cesspool. If any of what Smirnoff has told investigators this time is true, these people also need to be in jail. And I don't particularly care how we put them there or what happens to them when they get there. But first, they need to disappear from public view. And no, I am not expecting these things to actually happen, at least not the resignations, because to resign, you must be capable either of shame or fear. Comer is too stupid. Grassley is too superannuated. Hannity and Bartiromo are too convinced that they are not idiots, but oracles and sober. And of course, Trump is a Russian agent. So why would he stop? This is what he is here for. Anybody notice, by the way, that Laura Ingram asked him the other night about vice presidential possibilities and named six of them he thought would be good and one of them out of nowhere? Someone who had vanished from public life for months or for a year or more, who was off all radar screens, one of them suddenly back in the mix as Trump's possible vice president is Tulsi effing Gabbard. Do you get the feeling that his boss Putin maybe has contacted Donald Trump recently, maybe made a couple of VP suggestions? Because the reality is, and it is perfectly clear, 
the Republican Party is not loyal to this country and worse yet is not even worried anymore about being loyal to it. It has been infiltrated. It has been subsumed by Russians through compromise or payoffs or simple Republican lust for power or a combination of all of them. And we are living in the real-life version of the John le Carre novel and TV series and movie Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, where the guys who are actually getting manipulated by and hosed by and prostituted by the Russians, these guys are so smug and vain and stupid and greedy that they think they are manipulating the Russians. And worse yet, the people who are supposed to be the watchdogs for moronic disloyalty like this, watchdogs like the news media, they are asleep at the switch. The New York Times put the Smirnoff Russian intelligence confession yesterday on page 16. But again, the saving grace. There is nothing like a terrified man who knows the truth and sees the prison cell door. This sleazebag Smirnoff is in deep trouble in at least two different countries. And the one in which he is less likely to be pushed out a window by the government is this one. So I think he's flipped. And this other sleazebag, David Weiss, he is in even deeper trouble in this country. And for all intents and purposes, I think it's clear he has already flipped. The Republicans have been trying to impeach the president of the United States in an election year with the help of Vladimir Putin. May they all burn in hell. But thank God right now there are two terrified men who can put all of them at least out of their treasonous business. And if we're lucky, he can also put them, Jordan and Hannity and Comer and Trump and the others, in jail. Senate Judiciary Investigation today. Special Counsel today. Our nation's life depends upon it. Okay. Also of interest here, went over to iHeart headquarters here yesterday. We have selected the space. Two weeks from tonight, I will be live on YouTube and maybe other platforms to be determined with the Countdown with Keith Olbermann podcast State of the Union YouTube special. We have to come up with a better name for this. It takes too long. President Biden stops talking, I start talking. And, 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 okay, taking your questions. Some of your questions, so watch it. Thursday, March 7th, be there, aloha. Back here, also of interest, what is the point of recognizing that the Republicans are further serving Vladimir Putin by betraying Ukraine if a Biden administration spokesperson blames not Republican treachery, but, quote, congressional inaction. God damn it, it's not Congress, it's the Republicans. That's next. This is Countdown. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. of us on countdown this has been a long day a long week a long year we're being invaded by russia by proxy again so i need a break from that maybe you do too and to me nothing in the world says break like the following two words soccer breakdown If you know what I'm talking about, I hope you are already smiling in anticipation. If not, you are about to join the Soccer Breakdown Society in things I promise not to tell. Welcome. First, yes, still more idiots to talk about. The daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world! I believe I may be overperforming this episode of Countdown, and not in a good way. Sorry. LeBron's worse, Eric Hovde, who has been preordained as the Republican Party establishment candidate to try to take Tammy Baldwin's Senate seat in Wisconsin. Mr. Hovde lives in California. He owns a bank. He has a $7 million mansion in Laguna Beach. He actually said that he understands the crisis of child trafficking in Central America because he owns three homes in Central America. And he transferred his $2 million home in D.C. to his brother last August. And he has his first commercial out. And in it, he says he's running for the Senate and things are terrible and this and that. And And he never says in what state he's running. I'm guessing that's because when he filmed it, they had not yet told him which state. But he has a Wisconsin accent and a mustache. The runner-up, worser, John Stewart. Yeah, he ragged on me Monday night. So what? I ragged on him the previous Monday night. We've been ragging on each other Monday night since 2003. The problem is John Stewart returned to The Daily Show by both sidesing Trump and Biden. In the position he is in and with the people who watch him, John has to be smarter than that. And I'm not sure he can. When my old former friend Craig Kilborn left The Daily Show in 1998, one of his producers there, and he was the original host, explained they were really lost because Craig Kilborn had exactly what they wanted as the host. The ability to read the jokes well and look good without ever really understanding what the jokes meant or what the implications of the jokes might be. But she said she was hopeful. They thought Jon Stewart might take over, and his ego was so huge that all he ever thought about was the laughs. That's a dangerous thing right now. Ha 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 ha, Trump is funny. Ha 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 ha, Biden is funny. But most importantly and unforgivably, Jon Stewart trashed Mary Trump. And of all of us out here, Mary Trump gets it more profoundly and personally than any of the rest of us. I guess as the saying goes, democracy dies in discussion, John said. The audience laughed. Because all John ever thinks about is the laughs. John, Trump doesn't want to have a discussion with you. Trump supporters don't want to have a discussion with you. 
Trump supporters don't want you to do anything but get in the cage. If you continue to both sides this, we can talk about it, you and me, in the new media detention center in North Platte, Nebraska. But the winner, the worst, Adrian Watson, spokesperson for the National Security Council. Yes, Joe Biden's National Security Council, as Russia besieged an eastern Ukrainian city, Avdivka, the Ukrainian military had to withdraw, didn't have enough bullets, basically. And Ms. Watson, the spokesperson for the National Security Council, Joe Biden's National Security Council, said, quote, this is the cost of congressional inaction. Congressional inaction, Ms. Watson? No, not, not congressional inaction. Republican inaction! It is critical that the House approve additional Ukraine funding without delay, Watson added. The House, Ms. Watson. That the House approve additional Ukraine funding. No! The Republicans in the House betraying Ukraine and our interests in Ukraine, Ms. Watson. Use your words. People in the United States who have been told by fascists and propagandists and people who work for Putin, like Jim Jordan, They've been told Ukraine is just a scam, that Ukraine means nothing to us, that it is not an alternative to us fighting the Russians in Poland or London. Those people told that may or may not ever understand how tragically, stupidly wrong they have become, but they certainly will never understand it if you blame the House when the issue of Ukraine funding is entirely the responsibility of the Republicans and this weasel speaker Mike Johnson and this Russian asset Donald Trump. Biden NSC spokesperson Adrian Watson, get your head out of your ass or get out of this government. We have a war to win in Ukraine and a war to win in the United States. You are paid to be truthful not to whitewash Republican treachery. You are today's worst person in the world. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. One story on the countdown and my favorite topic, me and things I promised not to tell. You may enjoy this one enough to keep a copy. Soccer breakdown. Gary Miller was one of the backbones of SportsCenter. I had worked with him at CNN. He was strong, confident, very loud, forceful. He hated mascots and he had no filter. He and Dan Patrick were great friends in Atlanta, and then Gary and Dan left for ESPN within months of each other, 1989-1990. This has been said of me, and so I say it of Gary, with affection. He suffered no fools gladly. 
And though his elbows were always up, he made sure that 99% of the time when they bumped into somebody, that somebody had well deserved it. As near as I can piece together, Gary was doing the 11 p.m. Sports Center on Friday night, June 24th, 1994. Typically, Dan and I did the 11 Sunday through Thursday. The story of soccer's 1994 World Cup, at least in the first week, was a preponderance of player ejections, red cards handed them by the referee. In those days, the 11 p.m. Sports Center included a feature two or three minutes long on a story that had drummed up a lot of interest during the first show planning meeting around 3.30 p.m. It was a feature called Breakdown. It provided long-form analysis in the days when we didn't have a lot of that. Could be a coach getting fired. Could be the relative credentials of baseball Hall of Fame candidates. Could be one fantastic play in a game. Once we did a deadpan serious breakdown about injuries to mascots. A producer or the anchor himself would write the script. They would pre-record the narration, and then the producer would edit it. This is pre-digital. It was done tape to tape. It could take hours to edit it. And the key was to track it, to record that narration, which was done in a tiny wood-paneled room reeking of mildew that looked and smelled exactly like every suburban basement rec room in America circa October 1965. That's where Gary Miller found himself on the night of Friday, June 24th, 1994, reading a script about soccer players from around the world, none of whose names he had ever seen before, let alone tried to pronounce. It was the soccer breakdown in all senses of the word. The raw tape, the original version of his tracking session for the script for Soccer Breakdown, is easily the most beloved bootleg in ESPN's history. In fact, it is so popular that there are several different cuts of this bootleg. People have sat down with the original tape, which runs nearly 20 minutes, and edited it down to only the best or worst parts. Now, I'm not going to say I have a copy of the original. I'm simply going to note that Dan Patrick ran it on his radio show in 2017 and posted the whole segment to YouTube. So, yeah, that's where I got my copy of it. Uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm going to annotate for you what happened. So let me present this to you in three segments. It did not start well for Gary, and it got worse from there. Although... Mr. Miller gave it its eternal title and life by going sibilant on the S for the word soccer. I'll note only one thing. The acronym of International Soccer's outfit, F-I-F-A. Uh, Gary, it's pronounced FIFA. Soccer breakdown in three, two, one. FIFA, soccer's governing Barty. Three, two, one. FIFA, soccer's three, two, one. The red card has become the calling card for this year's tournament. Seven ejections for uh, three, two, one. Witness Romania's Ian Bladiu against the Swiss is or through oh, Christ. Ah, uh, but that was the easy part. Now, in the script came the names of the World Cup stars who had been given red card ejections in the first week of the tournament. One was the 17-year-old star of the Cameroon team, Rigobert Song, often referred to by his full name, Rigobert Song Bahanog, or as it was said in the script, Rigobert Bahanog Song. Three, two, one. Cameroon's Rigobert... Bananyag. Three, two, one. Cameroon's Rigoburg Bayangang Za Da Da. Bayangang Song. Three, two, one. Cameroon's Rigoburg Banyangzong. <laughs> Bayangang Song. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. By the way, Rigobert Song is now the manager of the Cameroon team. He's gone from being the youngest player in the World Cup history to get a red card to running his nation's team. I'll interject here that at the start of this final major clip, Gary Miller says to somebody who has clearly entered that tracking room that smelled of mildew, get out of here. 
Dan Patrick said that was him. I think he's mistaken. It doesn't matter much, but there was no reason for Dan to have been there on a Friday night, especially if we were not doing the show. And also, there has never been a microphone ever that Dan has not spoken into. Anyway, we have already met Rigobert Bahanong's song. Now meet my guy, the Italian goalie, Gianluca Pagliuca. Two... Get out of here. Two is guilty through it. Two. How long is this tape? Three. Two. One. 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 Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyan song prevented a breakaway from Brazil's Babeto. A oh, God almighty, I hate soccer! Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyan Young song. I'm better try that one last Bleep. time. Two. One. Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyan Nyong song. Oh, I hate this! Chalk up Bolivia's Luis Cristaldo for both on 3, 2, 1. But the most notable red card of the tournament came when Italian goaltender Gianluca Pagliuca, 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 from the mother. Bleep. 3, 2, 1. But the flurry of red cards thus far has taught coaches and players alike to control their play if they'd like to control their fate in this tournament. Holy bleep! That is all. The pronunciation of Rigobert's song's name is one thing. I was delighted by how furious Gary got at Gianluca Pagliuca of the Italian team and the expletive he used to describe him, which you may have just heard. In the days that followed, in fact, the Italian goalie's name became shorthand for me for that expletive in question. So for the next three years on SportsCenter, and after that on Fox Sports News, and then on my ESPN2 show, and on Football Night in America, and then when I returned to SportsCenter in 2018, if you heard me say Gianluca Pagliuca while we were showing a player making an error or arguing with an umpire or official, I was actually implying that the player had just said uh, Gianluca Pagliuca. There's another punchline to this story, of course. The idea to do this soccer breakdown that so bedeviled Gary Miller, the story of red cards in the first week of the 1994 World Cup, the idea to do that came from Gary Miller. Never volunteer. I've never been convinced that Gary was really happy about his immortality, certainly not in the way my ESPN pal Steve Levy not so secretly glories in the day he once tried to say that a New England Patriots player had a bulging disc, but didn't quite get disc right. But Gary Miller has been a good sport about this through the end of his ESPN career in 2004 and afterwards in his days at Channel 2 and Channel 9 in Los Angeles and most recently at Channel 2 in Cincinnati. It isn't hard to understand why this tape is so famous and the pleasure derived from it so enduring. As John Cleese once said about the real-life hotel manager on whom he based his character from Faulty Towers, he had this wonderful bad temper. But there are two more things. One, this occurred exactly a week to the day after the O.J. Simpson car chase, and people forget now just how disturbing that was in an America, especially sports America, like at ESPN, that with the exception of a few of us who knew, nobody knew how rotten a human being O.J. Simpson was. So even a week later, we all needed this laugh, and Gary gave it to us. And even larger... The essence of soccer in every country in which it is played is that it always allows and encourages and even demands that its fans complain about it. And so, while we cherish soccer breakdown and three, two, one, and Rigobert Bahanong's song and Babetto and Gianluca Pagliuca, to me, it is really about five words that anybody who hates the game will say, but they're also five words that any fan of the sport will certainly use at some point in his life, possibly at some point today. And they are the five words with which I will leave you for now. Oh, God almighty, I hate soccer! Since I first told you this story, I have, as I mentioned, rediscovered an artifact that I thought was gone forever. 
right after the soccer breakdown saga unfolded, an ESPN colleague made me a copy of the original raw tape of Gary, and we put it on a cassette, and I couldn't find it. There were things on it that were somehow lost from all subsequent copies of Soccer Breakdown. So this is not as high def, but I think it's even more high comedy. Soccer Breakdown in three, two, one. After a 1990 World Cup marked by physical play and low scores, FIFA Soccer's three, two, one. After a 1990 World Cup marked by three, two, one. After a 1990 World Cup marked by physical play and low scores, FIFA, soccer's governing body, sent out a decree for the 1994 Cup to be better policed. The result? The red card has become the calling card for this year's tournament. Seven ejections for uh, three, two, one. After a 1990 World Cup marked by physical play and low scores, FIFA, soccer's governing body, sent out the decree for the 1994 Cup to be better policed. The result? The red card has become the calling card for this year's tournament. Seven ejections through the first 23 matches and a direct message that rough play will not be tolerated and more teams will be playing a man down if it continues. The goal? More goals and a more palatable sell to the American public. Three, two, one. The results, just over two and a half goals a contest compared to 2.2 per game at the 1990 Cup in Italy. Why does the red card come out? A FIFA rule book states a player shall be sent off the field of play and shown the red card if, in the opinion of the referee, he, one, is guilty of violent conduct, witness Romania's Ian Bladiu against the Swiss, is, or, oh, Christ. Three, two, one. Why does the red card come out? The FIFA rulebook states a player should be sent off the field of play and shown the red card if, in the opinion of the referee, he, one, is guilty of violent conduct, witness Romania's Ian Bladiu against the Swiss, two, is guilty of serious foul play, Cameroon's Rigoberg Bananyag, Bananyang Song prevented a breakaway from Bebeto, Three, two, one. Two is guilty of serious foul play. Cameroon's Rigoberg Bayangyang Zang Za Da Da. Bayangyang Song. Three, two, one. Two is guilty of serious foul play. Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyang Zang. <laughs> Bayan Yang Song. Three, two, one. Two. Get out of here. Two is guilty. Through Two. How long is this tape? Two is guilty of serious foul play. Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyan Song prevented a breakaway from Brazil's Babeto. A foul. God almighty, I hate soccer. Two is guilty of serious foul play. Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyanyong Song prevented a breakaway from Brazil's Babeto, a play both serious and foul, deserving of a red card. I'd better try that one last time. Two, one. Two is guilty of serious foul play. Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyanyong Song prevented a breakaway from Brazil's Babeto, a play both serious and foul and deserving of a red card. Three, uses foul or abusive language. Can't show you that. And four, is guilty of a second cautionable. Oh, I hate this! Three, uses foul or abusive language. And four, is guilty of a second cautionable offense after having received a caution. Chalk up Bolivia's Luis Cristaldo for both on three, two, one. Chalk up Bolivia's Luis Cristaldo for both on this case, as he receives a yellow card and then uses on a foul or abusive language to draw a second yellow and be ejected against South Korea. A tone was set in the first match of the tournament when Bolivia's Marco Antonio Echeverri was ejected for this illegal kick against the Germans. But the most notable red card of the tournament came when Italian goaltender Gianluca Pagliuca, the mother three, two, one. But the most notable red card of the tournament came when Italian goaltender Gianluca Pagliuca was ejected against Norway for a handball outside the goal where the game was still scoreless. 3-2-1. 
But the most notable red card of the tournament came when Italian goaltender John Luca Pagliuca was ejected against Norway for a handball outside the goal area with the game still scoreless. Down a man, a team's first instinct is defense. An injured Roberto Baggio was now a liability, even if he is one of the world's most talented offensive players. The gamble paid off. Italy's still alive in this year's World Cup, but the flurry of red cards thus far has taught coaches and players alike to control their play if they'd like to... Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Three, three, two, one. Rigobert beyond Young's on. I've done all the damage I can do here. Thank you for listening. Countdown to musical directors Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel have arranged, produced, and performed most of the music. Mr. Ray was on guitars, bass, and drums. Mr. Chanel handled orchestration and keyboards. It was produced by TKO Brothers. Other music, including some of the Beethoven compositions, arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2. It was written by Mitch Warren Davis, and it appears courtesy of ESPN Incorporated. Our satirical and pithy musical comments are by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was my friend Tony Kornheiser. And everything else, as always, was pretty much my fault. So that's Countdown for this, the 258th day until the 2024 U.S. presidential election and the 1,141st day since Dementia J. Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Use the 14th Amendment, the Insurrection Act, the justice system, and the mental health system to stop him from doing it again while we still can. The next scheduled countdown is tomorrow. Do not forget our live YouTube special after the State of the Union two weeks from tonight, March 7th. Warm up your YouTube right now. Bulletins as the news warrants. Till next time, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.